Hey guys, welcome to the Better Building Systems Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Ferry, and here with me today is Nick Taliska and Mark Sankey. In today's podcast, we will be discussing the four cardinal virtues applicable to energy management. And like all of our podcasts, I think a great way to start off the podcast is give some background on what the four cardinal virtues are, if you are unfamiliar with them. I guess, technically, I know we've used this phrase before, we need to go to the Wayback Machine. This would be like the way, way, way back machine. <laughs> you know, Mark and Nick, feel free to chime in. I just took these definitions straight from the internet, so I'll get started. The, the cardinal virtues are four virtues of mind and character in both classical philosophy and Christian theology. They are prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. They form a virtue theory of ethics. Now, the term cardinal comes from the Latin cardo, which is hinge, and virtues are so-called because they're regarded as the basic virtues required for a virtuous life. So I, th- this was I don't know, technically, I don't want to say new information to me, but I, I've never really dove into the cardinal virtues. So these principles derive initially from Plato in Republic Book 4, 426 through 435. And Aristotle expounded them systematically in the Nicomachean Ethics. They're also recognized by the Stoics. Cicero expanded on them, and Ambrose, Augustine of Hippo, and Thomas Aquinas adapted them while expanding on the theological virtues. <laughs> That's a mouthful. No, I, I agree, Clayton. Like, I originally, I had thought for many years, like, cardinal had something to do with the Roman Catholic Church, you know, bishops, oh, no. yeah. cardinals. And then that was kind of a... Well, eye-opening to know that, yeah, you're way, way back machine. Yeah. Pre-modern religions and all that. Yep. I was like, wow, so this is this is um, Greek theology, right? But the, the root of the word, as you described, that's great. Like the hinge, like they're, they're pivotal. They're supposed to be to a, well, you know, a quality life. And I guess as we're going to discuss to quality energy management principles or how, you know, how they apply to your data. Well, we- I think, so are we talking about just the cardinal virtues or the cardinal, I mean, I don't think cardinal virtues are can be relegated simply to energy management, but to uh, humanity. Well, it's, yeah, that, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, it was almost, I don't want to say challenging, but thinking about how specific examples for energy management because it's it it applies everywhere for everything right (laughs) technically um so that's the theory but yeah mark to draw this down we're not doing a necessarily a philosophical discussion (laughs) here but so philosophical energy we are if we're talking about plato and aristotle (laughs) it's a very it's a very different topic i'll give you that it, but it made me think. I okay. enjoyed it, and that's Let's why I continue. thought it would... didn't mean to go off on a tangent. No, no, no. I, I, I have just... the outline right in front of me, so if I go off the outline, I'm I'll steer myself back on. No, no problem. We can't I... Count on that from you, Mark. <laughs> What's that? We kind of count on that from you. <laughs> okay. I thought it would be an interesting conversation, especially for the podcast, because, it, like I said, it really made me think about these um, cardinal virtues and in, in like the application to day to day life and. I don't know. You go about life, and I don't necessarily think like I'm gonna I'm gonna um, have prudence today or temperance. I'm just I just you know go about my life and try to be a decent human being. Um, oh, but, but like I think a, we should perhaps you know maybe yeah. But so applying it. So what are we? We're talking about the four cardinal virtues: prudence, temperance, justice, 
and fortitude. What are those? What do those mean, Nick, for their listeners and for us? Okay, you want to take the top one? So prudence yeah. is, uh, I think, commonly known as discerning, you know, the right, the appropriate course of action to be taken. Right. Uh, temperance, uh, moderation, restraint, self-control. You know, and some of these words have changed over the years, but these were kind of originally what they were meant or for the, really the longest time. Mm-hmm. Uh, justice, you know, uh, synonymous with fairness. And then fortitude being a, a, perseve- a perseverance in the face of adversity. Courage is tied in with that. So that's basically what we're talking about. Prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude. Hmm. Okay. What, what is the soul? All right, so let's look at two things, though, first. These uh, cardinal virtues are not something that's directed by an employer or a company in most parts, in, mo- in most cases. In fact, the motives of most co- companies or employers are contrary to that because they're driven by what? Money. Money. Hmm. So the challenge for, I think, energy management professionals is to be able to say internally, I will do what's right. I'll always tell the truth. I'll always use my abilities and skills to discern what needs to be done. I'll always use my skills and and abilities and judgment to be able to directly, candidly, clearly present the facts as they are, uncolored by or untainted by the profit motive or the or any other uh, external motive. Yeah. And I found that to be so from like the energy manager of like a engineering standpoint. Absolutely. And then from like a facility um, energy manager, like say, you know, you're working and you're trying to make your building um, as energy efficient as possible and what have you, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, outside forces kind of pushing and pulling on that i i thought which makes it sometimes challenging so that's why i thought these were very applicable like you know there's politics involved in what the right energy clean energy solution is and profit obviously um so yeah I'd have to, I, mark i mean i'm sorry clayton but I, I agreed with everything mark you said except that i think you, you said that organizations of people are, are necessarily you know, contrary to these virtues. And I don't know if that's... No, no, I don't think they're necessarily contrary. Okay, let's just... You want to dig into one and let's start... Yeah, I mean... mean, You want to start with that prudence? Sure. That's where Clayton was kind of going. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I took this from a, like, not an energy, a facility energy manager standpoint almost, right? Like, not like we would go in and, and do an energy audit and provide you the facts and the examples. Um, so it, obviously it's applicable everywhere, but for my sake of example, I took it from the, the guy that's got to make the decisions um, for what's best for the facility and, and the people that work in it, you know, or woman. Um, so how does this prudence, how does this fit in better building systems? So for, for my example, I said an example would be an energy a building owner or facility manager regarding energy conservation, since obviously that's a big part of the building hot rodders. We've been focusing a lot 
on energy conservation for obvious reasons. And as a building owner, there are a lot of decisions to make, especially when it comes to money, like Mark mentioned, and energy. Do they go hand in hand? Kind of, I would say, right? Um, mm -hmm. What is the appropriate course of action as a building owner when it comes to energy conservation and finances? To me, on one hand, energy conservation should be the top of the pyramid because we want to conserve our energy, conserve our resources, which then in turn would generally save you money. But in reality, money is typically the driver. And I guess my, my biggest example for that would be to say like, yeah, we could do everything possible to squeeze as much efficiency out of whatever process or system we have, but that comes at an expense, right? And to us, that discussion is return on investment. And a lot of companies make those decisions based on the return on their investment. So maybe you could put in solar panels, but that's a 10 year or a 12 year payback. Some companies might say, nah, never mind. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. Um, and I think that's where like the prudence fits into a building owner or a facility manager to say, well, we need to make the, I don't know that we got to discern what the best course of action is and not just tip base it fully on money or fully on what looks or sounds the best from a green standpoint, even okay, <laughs> does, does that make sense? You know, yeah, that's yeah. how I took that discussion, which is not easy. Every, every day you're, you're tasked with these decisions. Um, and you got to navigate the facts and the realities of life. So well, it's funny. Yeah. So that's kind of like a big picture view of the, the types of decisions that need to be made. And, you know, in the world we deal with. Yeah. It was funny as I was kind of, you know, playing around with this, I was just thinking of well, what is being prudent, look like and trying to think what was the first thing that came into my head and like time was the first thing that popped in taking you know the time to do the right steps you know that would be in the course of being prudent other things were i don't know seeking expert counsel uh peer review i think is something at least in a lot of the parts of the industry i deal with that you know in the essence or in the sake for the sake of time is usually compressed, but there's such great merit with that, with not, with understanding and accepting, you may not have the best idea. And I don't know, and you kind of get in the whole thing of like, you know, well, there's, is there team prudence? Is there individual prudence? And maybe it all starts with that single unit of, you know, one single person and that yeah. will be a good team and mm -hmm. a good organization. Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely correct, Nick. And I think, that it, that's not a function of man, management, that's a function of leadership. And as leadership goes and either um, um, characterizes or embodies the cardinal virtues, so goes the organization. Okay, so you're, you're saying it needs to be obviously supported and enacted from the bottom up. You need, you need people practicing these, you know, these virtues, if you will, but that's also sustained by the leadership then also saying that these are this is important for us to i don't know think act you know this way yeah that's like it like, has to be right the, the culture right I, I, I mean example okay sales guys need to meet their uh booking and profit objectives mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. in most cases is there any prescription that says you have to do this with um, total transparency, clarity, candor, honesty? Probably not. There's nothing like that. 
and, and very honestly in uh, both litigation and other avenues the level of either call it whatever you want walking in a gray area versus being totally transparent and honest happens more than i care to talk about well what would you say mark about certain contract vehicles that require open book pricing such as with the federal government well like I have my GSA pricing yeah I mean, even those have uh so gsa pricing open book pricing whatever you want to call it great but in general all those are unit prices for either labor or equipment or both it doesn't say here's the you know if you go to uh the ottaviano estimating books for instance they tell you to change a motor takes this many man hours and uh, you know all the things the same as a uh, i don't know what the who the who the uh who publishes the mechanical estimating you know when you go to a shop well a repair shop of a, either a body shop or a um, mechanical yeah. repair yep. shop you know a oil change takes 30 minutes a brake job on this vehicle takes two hours and 15 minutes or whatever it is so the the unit pricing is great because it stipulates the cost per unit but in general it doesn't stipulate the hours per unit which it is often where uh you see uh, how whatever you want to call it padding or escalation or you know those kinds of things so i think it's good i mean it's a good start a good attempt yeah but it but doesn't get... be not fully transparent as you were really saying right exactly well even like to the to the sales example too i i, I don't know you could have a salesman saying you know this whatever we we're selling as either a a a green to me it's either this discussion is based off of like green energy and clean energy or energy conservation so i don't know pick an example this this green energy solution is is the best solution for your application um you know you could you probably get told that as a building owner by a bunch of different salespeople, right and maybe it they are not being they're not showing prudence to say well there's other options for you to explore and then as a building owner or a facilities engineer you got to determine what is the best option of all of these that apparently are all the best right well, it's a great example and maybe it doesn't you know maybe uh the time frame is an important aspect of this too like you yeah. said you're, you're sold on an idea or you buy an idea but you know being prudent i think would be you know evaluating well what are my other options which may include doing doing nothing uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how will this impact, you know, the larger missions of my organization in three to five years? And how does it really uh, intersect with all those? I mean, a lot of complexity to it. Yeah. And, and to me, I mean, I could go on for hours probably about this, you know, to me, another prudence example is like a technical issue on, on any piece of equipment or system, right? I mean, there's always the knee jerk reaction and there's always a let's, let's, take our time and think through this reaction and make the right decision. So, I mean, you could, you deal with it every day in every facet of life. We could keep thinking of examples, you know? Well, it's kind of fascinating, Clayton, you say that because that, I think that's probably the reason they were conceived in the first place, right? Yeah. Everybody's life is different. There's so many things we can't even tell you how to handle or advise. So mm -hmm. here's some basic fundamental rules. And you can see we're going through this in just this tiny microcosm of what we do 
and the examples are myriad well they are, they are myriad and i think you know again it comes down to leadership when you walk in a building and all the you know it's a normal seven to twelve hour of occupancy and you go in at night all the lights are on all the equipment's running and then you ask for the you know utility bills we're doing an energy audit oh yeah uh, we don't really keep track of those it'll take a while to get them together how much do you spend a year i don't know uh and this is at the you know say the departmental level not at the right vp or whatever and then you start to look at the condition of the equipment and you start to look at the you know um, how do you want to say a fastidiousness of the uh, maintenance staff and it's ad hoc haphazard there's no diligence and whatever you want to call it internal um motivation to be prudent with the energy they consume the equipment that they have to use uh that that i don't know how you change that and having you know i i know that i've spent a lot of time with folks trying to have them understand that hey just because something's old doesn't mean it needs to go out and it could use a shot of grease every year or so and would probably last quite a while it's it's a challenge and in many cases frustrating and uh i people have heard me say it before you can't fix what their parents failed to do and in many time in many ways that's true sometimes you can if you start early enough but oftentimes you can't yeah that's funny you say that because that's what when when you said oh how do you fix that for example i was like well turnover you know <laughs> yeah. sadly some things you just can't what fix. do you think nick i think the number one foe of prudence probably and what we're talking about is, is time right people feel constraints to get something done under various time pressures whether yes, it's certainly yeah and yeah. i think then the result is that a lack of prudence necessarily correlates with an increase in risk yes i think that's how it probably in my mind best fits into the the world of energy management you're saying people you, people don't have enough time to be prudent exactly that's what i'm saying why you need to examine this to understand am i making the most prudent decisions given the time constraints oh. that i have i meant it more like that that i think people will you know be other maybe they're under some unreasonable time constraint that they accepted not thinking through here's all the things i really need to do the pressure to be like oh you know, i do really need to do that peer review you know is that really going to take a week well what if we do you know you're good can we just, just you know, get it, it done yeah. tell us what the numbers are yeah okay we can do that that's that's all i meant by that Oh, I thought you meant in general that people don't have the, the time to think through a decision, make the right decision and take the correct action. Sometimes they, they don't have the time, but that's I don't think we disagree on that. But I think we uh, think we nailed prudence. <laughs> yeah. So so I don't know if these, these don't necessarily have to go in order. Right. So the next one that I had to discuss is justice. Mm. Um, mm. Tougher just, one, I thought, in my in my head. Yeah, yeah. So to me, they like prudence rolls into justice for my my above example, um, keeping your facility the way it is because energy prices are so cheap and profit margins are so high. I'm assuming we see that a lot, right? 
we're making a lot of money and we're not spending a lot of money on energy. Why do we have to change anything? Um, you don't think that's that's fair or just? It might be, yeah. But I think that's that's the maybe the tough thing, especially for the point we are in the world. I don't know how to like put myself in a position, but maybe sometimes, like for justice, to me, you have to make a decision, and it, it can't be just monetary, right? Yeah, I would so, agree with that. Yeah, we, we could implement. And again, I'm just looking at it as as the building hot rodders and energy managers and energy conservation to say, well, I don't know. I guess we can implement this um, energy cost savings or energy savings uh, measure, right? But mm, it's got a longer payback than we typically like to see for an investment. But will it will it help? I don't know. You could, the environment, the world what have you um at some point that decision is going to get made in a lot of facilities right and mm -hmm. i don't know where it always falls or if it, it i assume generally falls more towards the money savings or the i'd have to think about that more yeah no, that's how i took that popped into my head were, were along the lines of contracts and shared responsibilities and mm -hmm. you know, honesty and, and teaming and but i, I struggled to find I guess some examples of how you would put, I guess, yourself to that test. Clayton, do I need to buy an electric car now to work for you? No. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> but that's another good example. Like some, and I'm not, I, again, I know that. I, I'm trying to not put myself in a position, but like, yeah, at some point, so there's people that are probably buying electric cars right now, definitely, that saying, well, I don't want to spend 60 grand on a car, but to them, it's that, the right thing to it's do. It's the right thing to do, exactly. So that can fit into um, okay. facilities I, I, and energy management, right? <laughs> um, mm, I don't know, our old beat up whatever piece of equipment or process is, it's moving along, it's making us money. We're doing perfectly fine. Do we need a squeeze any more out of this and buy newer more efficient greener dare i say equipment especially since our energy prices are so low i don't know that was my example of where justice fell to like that decision and, I mean, and that's like a i don't want to say an extreme but you know that's pushing i don't the, think that's an extreme i, yeah, I, I don't think know. that's an indicator but i i also like nick's expansion of justice where uh a contract doesn't, I mean, it does its best to codify what is just, but every contract is, you know, in my mind, whenever somebody started to pull out a contract, or if I had to pull out a contract and wave it around the relationship that you yeah. want to have with either a customer, employee, or a, a, a supplier has already gone awry. So justice from the, the the simple, you know, my definition is being ethical, honest, all those things, and and you know, all these, you know, our, our cardinal virtues roll into our uh, ethics that we try and personify and embody in all of our relationships and transactions. I disagree. Okay. Violently or just no. There's a lot of disagreement in this. Episode. I respectfully this is... disagree about the contracts, and 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 I, and I agree, Mark. In a lot of settings, 
you know, we all probably deal with. There's close relationships with project owners and clients. But I've also worked on, you know, large projects with the oh, government where right. you do need that contract as people come and go. They all understand. So, but I do like that agreement of, yeah, a contract is just that it's an agreement of what both parties think is fair, but it doesn't stop there because a lot of times you have many responsibilities from either party that can go on for, well, you know, up to 25 years sometimes, right. these bigger federal contracts. But uh, so I do think a contract is a nice, a nice vehicle to enact justice, if you will. And to Clayton's point, I, I kind of, I'm getting what you said now when I put the word environmental in front of justice. Mm-hmm. And then it all made sense. You know, why people, some people will make that decision to pay 50% more for their electricity because it's sourced from something that they think mm-hmm. is a fair representation of whatever. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's how I took that. And you guys' examples are great too. The contract one is interesting to me too, because like Mark said, once you get to the point where you're saying, this is, here's the contract line by line. This is what you do. This is what I do. That's a, uh, the relationship. Well, is and Nick, to your point, strained. I agree with you, but at least at signing, everybody should be happy when they sign the contract. They all have read it in detail, agree it's a fair and just agreement to proceed forward. So totally agree. You know what I mean? So it's not a one-sided, you know, uh, uh, and there have been, I've seen plenty of those provided by either the supplier or the owner that are extraordinarily one-sided and on close inspection, you basically think, why did anybody ever sign this? But nonetheless, at least at inception, the parties all agree this is a just contract. So when you move forward, hopefully, unless there's a wholesale change in, you know, whatever, people won't ever feel like, hey, I'm really uh, getting the short end of the deal in 15 years or 10 years. Um, and, and, you know, it can, it can continue to hold water and, and direct work or whatever it is it's directing. Oh, totally agree. And that's a big picture, you know, way of looking at it. And one of the examples that came to my mind about this was uh, government witnessing or project owner witnessing on performance contracts, right? It's, it's a great right. contract. So if the project owner does not make, you know, themselves available to do that, you know, it does, it, it, it's them not fulfilling part of their responsibility which then unfairly, I think, you know, puts puts the performing contractor, the ESCO, at greater risk. You know, they're going to go out there and do their measurements, but there's not that agreement that they would be witness. So there'd be no disagreements later that, you know, they were in dispute or anything. So that was one of the things that kind of came to mind. I, w- I would think that falls in line with, you know, fairness and justice. It absolutely does. But at, at the same time, is it not uh, incumbent that the contractor does or performs the measurements in the same method with the same tools, whether or not somebody's looking? Oh, I agree completely. It's perception, though. I agree with that. I agree with that. Boom. Justice this is, this in the bank right there. This is good. All right. So we're moving on now to temperance. 
which is restraint and self-control. So how does this fit into the building hot rodders? I can imagine there's just ends, endless examples, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> One word came to my mind. Oh boy. Equanimity. Equanimity. Uh, I'm going to have to have you mental expand calmness. on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evenness of temper. I mean, you've got to exercise. I'm sure everybody's had an opportunity to exercise this, whether dealing with themselves, their coworkers, customers, clients. Uh, you know, I love that whole 90-10 principle. And the older I get, I'm really starting to embrace it. That, okay, you know, life is 90% what happens to you, 10% how you react to it. I mean, and that is just one of those things you've got to be uh and i'm not sitting up here on the mountain saying i found a way i'm just you know over right. this little possible rock here going i think this might be right but just you know being master of your emotions is so key and maybe sometimes like with yourself is the toughest part oh that, that is the toughest part absolutely so like how does what's an example that would fit into like the building hot rodders realm and, and um you know energy conservation or energy management Mine wasn't even the, the example I had didn't, you know, I just said, obviously, as as individuals, we all have our own thoughts and opinions. And, and typically, or, or in many instances, you work together as a team, right? So I could always have my thought and my opinion. It's this is the way to go. This is the best way. And somebody else could say, No, I think we should try this. And, and sometimes that's challenging to say, Yeah, you know, you you had the better thought, or that's a good idea. Let's go down that road. Um, instead of getting mad and shouting and stomping and saying, no, my way or the highway, right? Or you know, just giving somebody the benefit of even saying, here, this is my idea on it. And being yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. But, you know, that doesn't fall into like energy conservation um, as an example. It, it could. There could be, def you know, two people can have an idea of this is the right way to, to move forward with a, an issue that entails energy, energy conservation. But, um that's how I took well, that Well, I think one. there's temperance comes into uh, not just energy per se, but there are also, you know, as Nick said, many perspectives on this, many, many perspectives on any given problem. Mm -hmm. So the temperance, uh, in, at least for me, comes into play when I need to, uh, when I need to um, interact with people that don't have either the experience or shared vision or whatever it is that I may have and, and help them see the way. Well, help them see the way, or once you've done this for 40 years, what seems like a snap decision or snap response to a problem, right? Is the, the it, it's a compilation of data and decisions over 40 years. Yeah. So when somebody says to me that, Hey, I have a building that's, you know, they have three buck in MCF natural gas and five cent a uh, KWH mm -hmm. electricity, and their you know energy utilization index is this, and their uh, BTU square foot is this, and we need to develop projects that uh, save thirty percent of their bill and have a five year payback. My response is you know it's along the lines of you know whatever you're smoking you know it's working. <laughs> And that doesn't take long for you to determine that. Yeah, no, it's like yeah. seven seconds done. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, but that seems like it's not exemplifying um, 
temperance? Well, it is because my real response is much more, uh, it's much stronger than that. But I think, you know, the, the examples of knee jerk range from something that small all the way up to I'm calling a lawyer. And that, you know, I, I look at the Asians, arbitration, mediation, litigation, all that stuff is a, are, are solutions to lack of temperance or lack of um, whatever you want to call it, maturity, mm-hmm. where if you have a disagreement with somebody, the very first thing you need to do is sit down as adults and face-to-face and say, here's where I disagree and find out the root source of the disagreement and then a, a way to correct that. It's just too easy and uh, you know to just say, well, I'll, I'll call a lawyer. Um, and I, I don't think lawyers in general don't have the breadth and, and expanse and depth of experience in the energy business necessarily to be able to get to the root cause without lots of um, specific energy and engineering expertise. So that once you start that process, and I'm talking about, you know, failed contracts, whether they be performance or construction or anything else, that's a long, costly process. You know, some of the biggest contractors now have hundreds of and of uh, lawyers on staff for this very reason. Review contracts, every I dotted, T crossed. Is there any got you that's you know, hidden somewhere in all this soup and spaghetti. Uh, so I, I don't know. Temperance lawyers are the the inoculation against a lack of temperance. Mm. It's a mm. lot to take in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're okay. So all these examples we've been talking about are the uh, maybe the the slow mo- moving events, but I'm sure you've all we're both been involved in times when, I mean, in our, you know, in facilities, things can go bad really quickly too. Yeah. Sometimes you're involved with that. So like, that's maybe one of the first things I thought about too, was that, you know, an emergency situation, whether it's something physically wrong with a plant someplace and systems are shutting down and you need to do something or find something about it to something that's maybe not as quickly uh, devolving, but, still something that you need to sense of emergency and it can freak out right and freak everybody else out uh yeah it's another no, another uh number one good rule first thing don't freak out oh that's the that's the rule and, and since you know my kids and grandkids have been tiny very first thing you learn accident anything fallen do not panic don't panic Panic kills more people than anything else because as soon as you panic, You're not you make straight. bad decisions, yep, really right bad decisions. So you fall down. Okay, there's blood. Don't panic. All right, let's evaluate. Let's understand, you know, is it arterial bleeding or is it a Band-Aid size wound? <laughs> no, I, I'm being serious. And that's oh, the same the, thing that we're talking thing. about in a building, right? People, oh, we have XY system down. Okay death, injury, you know, illness, will any of that result? No. Okay, then let's take a breath and look at the options, develop some options. And that's always the the right thing to do. Um, Very rarely does it require, you know, 
called 911 and let's get everybody from uh, you know across the, the world uh, out well, of bed. I agree. And well, as I, the kids gotten older, that sometimes the, the hurt and the pain is more on the inside, but the same right. rule still applies. Same I thought, rules apply. Mark, your example, though, about the seasoned veteran 40 years that knows the right answer right away, too. Um, like for the person that maybe doesn't, that doesn't have that experience, that has an idea as well, right? That takes temperance to say, hmm, maybe his idea is better. I'm not going to get all. Here's Clayton and I on, on a job uh, before the in the fall. And we're Am putting in a new control panel. One? Yeah, this is a, well, this is one of intemperance. Maybe we're thinking of different things. I don't know. <laughs> Electrical contractors all spun up. Well, to power this up, we're going to have to shut down the uh, uh, unit. It's going to be an interruption of the process, all this stuff. We, it, you know, we have to get power into this panel. Clayton's, you know, kind of on the same page. How we're going to break into the uh, distribution panel with Condo. We can't do it hot. I said, this is temporary. We're going to do a shutdown in two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, but we need plug to get it started up. Said, Put a whip on it and plug it in an outlet. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> great idea. But everybody was, you know, all spun up. What are we going to do? Well, that, you know, my my response, and I talked about this in earlier podcasts, is when you don't have a good solution, it's really easy to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, hey, this is where I'm at. Any ideas? I mean, I've done that I, so many times. I don't even want to talk about it because I know I'm not the guru of all things, and but I do know gurus in a lot of specific areas, and I I call them. Well, and yeah, you get so involved in a situation where you right. get the blinders on, and it just takes exactly. somebody sitting outside to say, "Hey, wait a second. Yeah, well, that's a great. That's a great little story, Mark. Yeah. I mean, I think the two things I've learned, like when I make mistakes or I'm struggling with a project or something, I always have to remind myself, uh, Nick, one, you're probably doing something stupid, which a lot of times it is that, or two, I'm, I'm overcomplicating things. Yeah. And then you say, okay, well, how could I simplify this? And I think your last little story there, Mark, is exactly that. Okay. We need power to this thing. How do we get it simply and not interrupt the other stuff? Temperance fits everywhere. <laughs> a lot of examples. Um, with that, do we move on to fortitude? Uh, the toughest one, perhaps. Cour- courage and perseverance. So you guys know who uh, the um, brothers of St. John were on the Isle of Malta, right? Of course, Mark. No, you, I mean, they were the guys that were fighting the Saracens and... Uh, uh, you know, they're a Christian brotherhood, and that's where the Maltese cross came from. Tell us more, sure. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, and that cross, if you look on a firefighter truck, I mean, that cross is everywhere. But they expanded the uh, the cardinal virtues to eight points of the knights. And I, I like theirs better, Owen, because they're maybe more um, complete. So it starts with the the first thing, which I think kind of ties into fortitude. First point is live in truth. So living in truth is different than telling the truth because living in truth means that everything around you, you accept it as it is. Don't choose to 
color reality with your own vision of how it should be. The second one is have faith. So have faith in God, of course, but also in the people that you know and trust that they'll, they'll do the right thing. Then repent your sins. Obviously, that's you know a big one. But be humble. So that's recognizing humility in your in yourself and being humble, or, or recognizing your limitations is part of being humble. And that goes back to don't be afraid to call for help, right? And then love justice. So loving justice and being just are two different things. It means you can see justice in the world, in other people, in the way they operate and say that's a good person, right? Or a a person that embodies the cardinal virtues. Be merciful. That means, it doesn't mean, oh, merciful in the sense of I found a baby bird, although that's part of it. Be merciful in your judgment and your uh, interactions with other people, recognizing we're all mortal, we're all human, we all make mistakes. Every human being on the planet is fallible no matter how smart how experienced they are so when somebody makes a mistake that isn't the time to beat him over a head it's the time to say here's how we recover be sincere and wholehearted so sincere and wholehearted that means you um, put everything into what you do no half-baked sincere tell the truth and wholehearted Endure hardship and persecution, that means you don't give up, right? So for the Knights, it was you don't give up hardship and persecution unto your death. So anyway, that's the way they looked at it. And they were in, you know, almost no one's situation because they were being constantly invaded by the Saracens who were at that time using oil and clay pots as uh, Molotov cocktails and they started painting these crosses on their cloaks so they could identify each other in battle as being on the same side. Um, but it was tough battles because, you know, they're an island. They're they're not, uh, you know, they can't retreat. So just thought I would put this in. Maybe you can delete it. But I, no, I, I think I that was I don't awesome. just like that. Oh, I loved that. I wrote them yeah. all down. They're very interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I can't say I've heard of these before. Huh. Okay so fitting to everything you could think of in life yeah so number eight seemed to tie in with fortitude exactly most right yeah or hardship and persecution yep so if if this was easy we would have a lot more people in our business seriously to get to the point that you're at nick um is what it's a it's a life's work, right? It's not something that, oh, you get out of school and I'm a graphics artist. Not No knock at graphics artists, but there's a body of work that in our business takes, you know, just like any research scientist or anything else, you can go and say, I saw this 20 years ago and here it is in its current setting and evolution. And it's the same principles of thermodynamics in new technology Mm. and beautiful well i I just like the idea that in our business if you persist at it persistence and determination being omnipotent that according to calvin coolidge 
you can really, really, really hone your skills and continue to hone, develop, and use your skills for a lifetime. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Perseverance until success, and success is defined all different ways for all different kinds of people. Uh, yep. Failures usually only defined pretty limitedly, right? It's just not achieving <laughs> what you set out to do, but success comes in all different flavors. But, uh, Sometimes failure fits into the perseverance part of it, right? And fortitude, though. Thomas oh, Edison. Failure is the fuel of yeah, so yeah. many good things. Exactly. But I think it's interesting. Like You take such a big look at things, like such a big view, Mark. And with fortitude, like I really thought that's like an, like that can be an hourly thing or, I mean, at least a daily thing, right? You get Absolutely. to the day. Maybe they're, you know, you're looking to go home or call it quits, but. You know, you said you told somebody on the West Coast, you give them a call or something and help them through a problem or something, pushing through, whether you're in sales and making, you know, that another call or whatever effort at the end of the day. Uh, I don't know, not calling it quits when things get tough during a project and saying, oh, it's enough for today. Uh, I'll tackle it again tomorrow. And maybe there's a time and place for that too. But fortitude to me just kind of seems like, uh, I know, very fitting with that number eight. You know, because you wouldn't say you had fortitude when things are going really good, right? It's only kind of in the face, <laughs> in the face of adversity and from persecution. Right. And there's plenty of all that in our, our business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, a, again, if it was easy, everyone would want to be in this business. And it's, and it's, our business is by and large, a unrecognized business. Conservation goes back to why isn't it a pillar of the green agenda? Uh, just is there's no glamour. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, um, what, what we gave some very, I don't know, broad examples, right? For fortitude, like what's a, uh, like a, I don't know, a specific example. There's, we could pick probably from thousands, right? But like for, for energy in our facility, like when you say fortitude, what, what, what's an example that comes to mind? You probably got something good there, Clayton, related to renewable so? green. I don't know. It's kind of been like a theme of some of your examples today. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe I was just in, in that, in that mood when we were thinking about the outline and everything, but you know, like to me in, in like today, right. And you, some could say disagree because I know there's places where energy prices are really, really cheap and it's not really a, a, a big deal. But to me, we're, we're kind of, and maybe this is just a manufactured issue that is not reality. You can tell me otherwise. But like it, it appears we are kind of at a crossroads with energy, right? Is that safe to say? I don't want to say a crossroads, but there's a lot of different avenues. New technology coming out, the green push, net zero, um, all of that. And this fits into our recent podcast discussions as well. Yeah, for our listeners. rapidly evolving, transforming crossroads. Sure. I think they yeah. All so, um, I don't know, like it, to me, like the, the term that came to mind or comes to mind currently is probably a lot of places could experience like growing pains, right? Like, man, it, we we're doing what we're, whatever energy we're using now and how we're using it and what we're doing maybe could be going away completely 
based off of legislation, right? Or okay, maybe so like an electrification, yeah, big project. Yeah, okay. yeah. So hold on, what what's going what? away? Well, maybe we'll say gas, right? <laughs> There's an example. Um, so that might be a lot of growing pains for a lot of places. And I don't know, fortitude to me felt like it fit into that example because like right now people might, and you might say, yeah, you're nuts, man. Just completely manufactured issue. Why are you even considering this? But to me, like the, the, the growth and the change that I don't know, seems to be on the horizon is going to be a, a very challenging time for a lot of i don't think it's manufactured at all those after that podcast we did on the the green pillar or conservation of pillar i ended up reading this uh new iea report i saw your comments on that yeah i agree so it's pretty interesting just about how many heat pumps have been sold yeah particularly in europe now but it's you know it's coming this way so i think I, i definitely know people are planning on this the you know electrification so i totally agree i mean there's going to be people that are experts at running those buildings that are going to have to change some things, right? I mean, from how you maintenance and service and operate and plan. And even, you know, these things don't happen overnight either. Well, that's kind of where it came to fortitude, right? That exact example. It doesn't happen overnight. Perseverance. I don't know. That's where my mind went in this podcast discussion example. So feel free to expand. Maybe I'm nuts. I don't know. Well, you could be both. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't mean, like, to me, that that also doesn't mean that, um, like, whatever solutions we have currently that seem to be the end all to fix everything might not even be it. I don't know. I, I'm just interested in to see to see what what the future has to hold with energy, and that's going to take a lot of perseverance for a lot of uh, people and places, I think, to get through that. Well, anytime there are big goals. I, yeah, I think it's necessary that there's probably going to be some big obstacles along the way. Uh, I mean, even if you were doing, if it wasn't, you know, electrification, but a big project at your facility or a customer's facility, and, you know, they can have long time frames. A lot of things come up, contingencies mm-hmm. that weren't planned for, contingencies you did do plan for and then are realized. Uh, yeah, it can be very difficult. I mean, again, the whole thing between... Uh, you know, how does the individual handle it and how does the team? Well, I guess it depends on the individuals, how the team will handle yeah. it. Yeah, yep. That's exactly it. <laughs> but I think, too, I mean, in fortitude, some of the biggest projects I was involved in, projects, uh, required fortitude because in some way they were uh, culturally or mostly culturally disruptive at the customer site. Yes. So somebody undertook the, or had uh, had the confidence and uh, forethought enough to engage in a immensely disruptive project to the current status quo, whether it be culture or mechanical systems or whatever it is, and decided to make a wholesale change. And to go through a wholesale change like that, whether it's at a plant or whether it's as a country or it's a whatever, you you have to have fortitude. Whether you're for or against, whether you're pro or con, right, right. You know, you have to find a way to adapt to it. That you know, it's just uh, it's not easy to do, and people need to say, "I'll find a way to go through it," but 
you can't just curl up in the fetal position and say, I'm, I, I refuse to accept it because it will happen. That's a phenomenal example that I, I didn't think of it that way either. The, the one making the decision to say, we're making the wholesale change here for whatever reason, save energy, could, what, you know, be greener, reduce costs, reduce costs, environment, yeah, in, in, yeah. internally, any of those things. Yep. Yep. And yeah, to be the one that makes that decision and moves forward with it. Right. Fortitude. So immediately you've done two things. You have a polarized community. Yep. But whether it's workforce, whoever's in that community, yep. you're loved and you're hated. And yep. hopefully you get to you get to sway some haters into believers by the time, you know, the the thing is done. But in the for the duration of the project, you know, install or whatever it is, you're you're definitely have a target on your back. I shouldn't even probably say that, but you definitely uh well, people you know, are looking for you to fail if they're against it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. The steamboat was going up the river and people were saying, oh, that thing will never work. Yeah. 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 And they would have been happy to see it not work. Right. Here we are. You know, what did that turn into? So that's a great example. I hope our listeners thought so, too. And I hope they thought this fit well into the discussion that we've been having, the trend that the building hot rodders has been taking, just kind of covering the i don't know energy conservation and, and green energy and different types of energy solutions and applying it to facilities and and life in general this was a fitting episode yeah i would have liked uh as a young man beginning my career i think it would have been interesting to have a you know a boss or a leadership team that you know, maybe not even these words, but that said, these these are important values to us, you know, because they do seem a little more concrete to me than a lot of value statements, yeah. perhaps that I've seen. And maybe I find it particularly getting watered down in, in, in my industry. Uh, and again, I, and I have, you know, uh, some good knowledge of different corporations, ethics policies and things like that. But I don't know. I, I see this as part of, you know, I think that's probably what they're a part of, you know, part of a, a grander uh, ethics vision. But well, and that comes into your upbringing and then the people around you. And like I was always, I, I mean, I think I'm fortunate to uh, say I, I can, I follow these pretty, pretty well, you know, but it's not like I was ever brought up saying, and this is, this is temperance this is what you should, you know what I mean? It's just by examples of people around me showing that, I guess. Never knew it was temperance. You know what I mean? So Clayton, that's a, a good thing is you springboard into business ownership and all that stuff to remember this, because I have to tell you when I was your age, I didn't embody any of these except fortitude. <laughs> None. <laughs> I'm just telling you, everything I did was strictly by the ability to work hard. That's all. I don't know if I necessarily believe that, Mark. I mean, I believe you're telling me the truth, but you you probably had some of these other. Yeah, you just didn't. Overwhelmingly. Conscious thought of it, maybe. Or overwhelmingly, whatever. fortitude was my cardinal, my cardinal virtue. Not, you know, the other ones were far in the backseat. <laughs> I guess I could. I've heard some examples that may go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not doubting it at all, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's carried you well to this present <laughs> yeah, well, yeah but as i've gotten older i have developed some of the other ones to maybe get in the middle seat not the way back yeah seat, you know? yeah that but that's like i mean for everybody it's a constant evolution right and it's kind of what you want grow into some of the stuff so no sure at, at yeah. least it can't be bad to think about this stuff once in a while and no see how it does fit in your life gotta say this is the first time i've thought about it like technically these four items in a long time and it really made me think so um that's good then yeah again i hope for our listeners same thing i I don't go about my day writing on my notepad i'm gonna be show prudence or fortitude or justice but you know once i started looking at these and reading into them more and giving examples i'm like yeah interesting (laughs) fits really well into life i see where i didn't show temperance in the past and where i could have and where you should show more of justice or what have you really makes you think so well you're thinking man clayton very good thing i don't know maybe i think too much sometimes too so (laughs) like like everything it's a balance you know yeah yeah mark's ridden this far on fortitude alone he says so (laughs) that's right (laughs) balance that whole thing great discussion really yeah well Okay, man. Gentlemen, thanks for joining and going through this. I think it was a really, really great discussion. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, we've been following a trend with the Building Hot Riders lately, really specific to just energy conservation, energy management principles, and so on. And I've enjoyed it, and I hope our listeners do too when they tune in. So with that, thank you very much, everybody.